welcome to episode six of the Game My Mom Found podcast. We are coming to you on February 17, 2019. A quick throw out there before we get started. If you guys get a chance, please take a listen to Trash Talk podcast. He's finally now on Podbean and also YouTube. Thanks to me, he's on Podbean. But he's all, it's a cool podcast. They drink and, and talk about comics and TV shows, things of that nature, and some games. And I am Mike Elberton. Who is with me tonight? It's me, DJ Copeland. And me, Stuart Hughes. Another three-man podcast coming at you guys again this week. Now we're missing Stefan, but hey. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. Which sucks because I've... I've <laughs> so Stefan's been playing Resident Evil 2 for the past two weeks, basically. Yeah. And I've been playing, yeah. Met- I've been playing Metro Exodus uh, because it came out and I, I didn't have time to get to Resident Evil 2. And I was like, well, Exodus came out, so I'm going to play that. Uh. But I feel like he would be... I feel like this hey. would be a game that he'd be really into. A better post-apocalyptic game than the game we just played, probably. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> All right, Stuart, if you want to take it and let them know what game we picked this week. So the game we picked this week was Fallout 1. That's right. There were two Fallouts before Fallout 3. Unbelievably. Good. Mm-hmm. Not good games, but... Wait, there's actually, isn't there three <laughs> My... Fallouts? Isn't there Fallout Tactics? We don't talk about Tactics. <laughs> no, but that's something that's, like, very Fallout is... Like, people, like, 76 came out, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But 76 came out, yeah. and just... I know so many people that were like, I can't believe a Fallout game came out that was bad, and I was like... Really? You can't believe a Fallout game came out that like missed the mark on what it was trying to do and like just wasn't a good Fallout game because that's kind of like 50% of the Fallout games for a series that's so like beloved or at least for games that are so beloved in a series. There's like a lot of it's about a 50% hit rate. (laughs) And before I forget, just want to say there will be spoilers at least definitely for Fallout 1, which... Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it might yeah. be spoilers for Fallout Three, most likely too. So probably Fallout One. Probably it'll definitely Fallout One. Probably Fallout Two. Definitely Fallout Three. So yeah. So just to let you know, I mean, hey, if you you're not missing too much Fallout One because you're not playing for the story. Yeah. If you haven't played <laughs> Fallout Three yet, then uh, what's wrong with you? Okay. Uh, <laughs> and just a disclaimer up top, so you guys don't hate me quite as much. Uh, I know we're gonna get all kinds of comments and feedback about this. I don't know shit about Fallout. I don't know anything <laughs> about this series. Uh, I okay. basically I've played half of the first one at this point. That's okay. Uh, oh, any criticism I is going I, to be directed at me. I wasn't able to finish it. Uh, so don't worry. I'm not as a person, I'm not like my tastes are just not really that much into like Western style RPGs. So I was never really interested in Fallout. I'm also really don't like mm. shooty games that much well this for is the just most like, part so i didn't play the later off. ones i didn't play fallout 3 i didn't play fallout 4 all everything i know <laughs> uh, about this series is just purely secondhand knowledge and my admittedly limited experience is playing this first game so it's a terrible uh, a terrible jumping off point <laughs> yeah yeah so uh if I like, end up dragging this episode down at all, I apologize in advance. It's I'm like sorry, it's the equivalent of like somebody saying <laughs> it's the equivalent of somebody like wanting to get into M Night Shyamalan and starting with like Lady in the Water. That's essentially hey, what least, you've done. At least one of us beat it for the show before we recorded. Hey, at least I, I'm the one guy who finished this this the, this mess. I've technically beaten it before the show <laughs> several like, hundred times. How can you finish? Like you can't really have a definitive like stance on this game only having beaten it once i feel like because oh no absolutely not. it's yeah. so geared toward multiple playthroughs the half the the appeal of this game is that every time you play it it's gonna be different yeah unless you always 
unless you the same unless you play spec, style. Yeah, unless you spec your character exactly the same every time, and you do exactly the same things in exactly the same order, which you won't. Why would you do that to yourself? Because there's... it's basically what I do now because I've played it so much. I've played, just, okay. oh, I've played Bethesda games so much that I have like my go-to character whenever I play well, Bethesda this, game. Well, hold on, this isn't a Bethesda game. This is an uh, no, it's not. But Airplane. for the sake of for the sake of this style of game, I'm, I'm going to accidentally refer to it as a Bethesda game like five times. Yeah, this was See, so Fallout One was I not Bethesda. Get really uh, mad at you for for conflating the two. All that, oh yeah, oh yeah. This, I'll, I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, so I'm just well, hey, I'm wait, ready join for that. Me. Come join me in the hate corner. <laughs> oh no, no. See, people are gonna hate you for not playing the game. People are gonna hate me for playing the game and having a different opinion. Oh, wait till I tell hey. you about yeah. my opinion. So I should probably get into. That'll be a good oh, segue man. into my, uh, my declaration of war. <laughs> so this <laughs> is where the podcast crashes and burns. Yeah. Wow, this we had a good run, guys. So uh, this is my. <laughs> my summary of the fallout more of the fallout fans than the games in the style of the fallout intro so let me get to reading this and i'm glad that you i'm glad we segmented about 10 minutes of this because it might take full 10 minutes (laughs) war war never changes since the dawn of genres when our ancestors first realized there was a way to compare works based on similar tones and traits blood has been figuratively spilt in the name of everything from subjective opinion to objective reality to simple psychotic rage. In the year 1997, after over two decades of turn-based and role-playing games of varying quality, the desire by Interplay to make one more Wasteland game could no longer be contained. The world was plunged into the universe of Fallout. But it was not, as some had predicted, just another RPG in the late 90s. Instead, Fallout was simply the prologue to another annoying chapter of fanatic elitism. For Interplay had succeeded in making a franchise-worthy RPG. But war, war never changes. In the early days, thousands were spared the horrors of the fallout, pun intended, by taking refuge in primitive above-ground shelters known as houses before the onset of affordable personal home computers in America Online. But when they emerged online, they had only the hell of internet forums to greet them, all except those of us in the silent majority. For on that fateful day when Fallout 3 was released, and fire rained from the keyboards of hardcore Fallout 1 and 2 fans, that weird 3D pipe screensaver of Windows 2000 played on repeat, and the rest of us enjoyed playing our fun new game. Uh, that's <laughs> that's my declaration of war against the uh, that was pretty good <laughs> against the Fallout fans. Uh, okay, I missed all yeah, of that. Fallout fan. Sorry. Sorry. Um, my my headphone cord got caught in my chair wheels. <laughs> So I just had to spend this is going to be a battle to see minute. who gets the most hate. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you know what? Let's make it a competition. I'm going to fucking. I'm going to see. I'm going to see if I can get the most negative comments. <laughs> it's just let's gonna, do it. Let's you know do what? it. Even it's even thing. negative <laughs> comments. Even negative comments are comments. So uh, uh, yep. I'm yeah. Hey guys, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Okay. Recommend this <laughs> to your friends. You know we do need to go on YouTube one day. All right. We'll be competing with uh, the YouTube Rewind for the most disliked video of all time. Uh, and he, so we, we know DJ didn't know Fallout existed other than, you know, commercials. Yep. Uh, I knew it. I knew it existed. I just had no interest in playing it. I had no interest in this first one. I, I when he first announced it, it's like, oh, he's picking. I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, it won't be too bad. And then, oh, oh, no, it's it's the, it's it's bad. It's real bad. And that's oh, coming I, from. By I, the way, by the way, say, can we just can we just acknowledge that I am the norm 
by the way, all you fans out there. Oh yeah. This oh, yeah. this game didn't sell too well. This game was what oh, they call Slop? Cold Classic. A Fallout. Yes, all of those. Bomb. <laughs> I don't even know if I call it a cult classic. It's not really. I mean, I didn't most... even know too much yeah. about the it... series until later. This is uh this is the the second bit uh this is the second opinion that'll get me hate. Um everything that Fallout 1 does, Fallout 3 does better and in a more enjoyable way. That's funny cuz I prepared for this episode partially by watching the YouTuber H Bomber guy. I don't know if you guys know him. Uh he has a an hour and a half long video. Uh <laughs> Is it um I know the title of it cuz I <laughs> I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, you Google it. I can or talk. He says exactly the opposite <laughs> of what you said. So this is going to be very interesting. I want to hear your reasoning. Yeah, so yeah, he H bomber guy has very, very his, strongly. Yeah, H bomber guy, and oh, so, so I should probably explain first my history with the series is um, I played Fallout One and Two uh, when I was very young, and I did not get them because I was way too young to like get the concept of you need to. Fallout 1 is a game that you need to fail and start over to learn. That's the learning curve. Yep. Is you need to realize that you made a mistake making your character. You can't yep. play the way you wanted to play initially and that you have to start yep. the game over. And Every I just time. didn't get that as a kid because I was like, I think I was like seven or eight or something. I didn't get the concept of like, I'm supposed to fail at this because it's just it's a difficult game. Like if you yeah. if you screw up, like if you're going to go like if you're going to make a melee based character, it's not like Fallout 3 where it's like okay, I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna like specialize in melee and science and lockpick, and those are gonna be my three skills. Or well, science and lockpick, I guess, would be redundant in Fallout. But you know, melee. If I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do melee weapons and science and uh, speech or something. You can't do that in Fallout One. In Fallout One, if you want to make a melee character, you have to go with like melee, and you have to specifically get skills that are gonna keep your melee character alive. You gotta go for really heavy endurance you can't like skip, you can't skip out on the endurance if you're doing melee you gotta get the endurance you gotta get the strength you That's, gotta like okay really focus on i'd say well you you had a different experience than i usually have oh, i i had a bad i mean let's put it this way I, i'm gonna you'll laugh at this one <coughs> the hardest boss for me in this game was the dog meat when i had to kill him so i could go in the cathedral and sneak around <laughs> i couldn't kill him like my guy i'd equipped to make them use two stim packs to finally kill him because my guy just didn't he only got one turn per he only got one attack per turn no matter what because he didn't have enough agility i mean it was just a <laughs> terrible experience all around because my character was not stat correctly well the good news dj is that now we're off the hook because mike killed dog meat so he is automatically most all right i didn't even i didn't even meet dog meat so so it's okay yeah, there are not, there's only, so Fallout 1 only has 13 locations in it. I think it's 13. There's 13 locations and there's like three companions plus Dogmeat, who is kind of like a, Dogmeat's never really been a full companion in the games, except for three. Like even in New Vegas, you get Rex instead of Dogmeat, that's like the Dogmeat equivalent. But you get uh, Rex in addition to a human companion. It's the same way in, um... Fallout 4, I guess, does like the same way as Fallout 3, where it's like you can only have one at a time. But the original Fallout 1, you can get multiple companions. It kind of carried over to New Vegas with, you know, Rex and Edie are non-humanoid. You have one non-humanoid and one humanoid. Two is the same way you can get multiple companions. But uh, yeah, Dogmeat's like the kind of iconic companion of the series for, I would say for better or worse, but for worse, I think. 
Well, he was my main powerhouse because I had him, mm-hmm. Ian, and then my regular guy. Ian could kill people. My guy would just smack him with a hammer or maybe put a bullet at him, and they'd just laugh it off. And Dogmeat was killing everybody. It was yeah. it was weird. Dogmeat is like the ultimate double-edged sword of if you just let him go to town, he will go to town. But if you are in a situation where there's somebody that can kill Dogmeat and you're trying to prevent that from happening, you will reload a game over a dozen times well, to get a fight down exactly right. My problem with Dogmeat is there's supposed to be a way to dismiss him. I saw videos of people dismiss him. I could not dismiss him until I put a bullet through him. Then really? he dismissed him. It wouldn't <laughs> let me. He would he would just bark at me, and it wouldn't give me the option. I don't know if, my, <laughs> if I didn't have a right stat or something, but huh. my guy could not tell the dog, sit, stay. Nope. We had to use the gun. <laughs> That's bizarre. So. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to fire your companion is to kill him. Yep, I had to kill him to get rid of him. And because you can't, because my guy was all based around sneaking. And if you're trying to, if you're trying to, oh yeah, to do you would not sneak with Dogmeat. You can't. I mean, they, you just walk yeah. in the air and you're like, oh look, kill him. No, it was terrible. I mean, there's the uh, one of the like famous, I guess, memes or something to come out of Fallout Four is like, people are like trying to. There's a hallway in Fallout Four that's just filled with lasers, and it's like this. It's this classic like Fallout over the top security system where it's just like a room. You see down a hallway and you see nothing but red lasers. And you can you can either hack a terminal nearby that I think is a very hard hack, so uh, level 100 science to get it done, or you can go down the hallway one at a time disarming the lasers. But as soon as you step foot in that hallway, Dogme is just going to soar to the end of it, and he's going to run through every fucking laser and set off every turret and every fucking defense in this entire building. So Dogmeat's always been like the... Oh, I can't wait to get dog meat. Oh my god, I just realized that this is a responsibility, not a well, not a helpful I'm companion. Pretty sure in the other Fallout game, you can just dismiss him like normal, if I remember correctly. In three. Yeah, dismiss him or tell him to wait. Yeah, um, I, I, and he'll wait for like my three my version of, of wait involved a gun. But hey, <laughs> so it's, it was uh, a different time. <laughs> and I like okay, we should start like, kind of start the game. We haven't really talked too much about the vaults yet. I mean, I'm assuming people listening to the show might be at least somewhat familiar. I'm like, I'm like DJ. There's a vault in kind of the storyline. Yeah, maybe. so basically, yeah, if you haven't played the Fallout games, um, DJ. I mean, basically... I have. I got, I, I mean, I got halfway <laughs> through this one. <laughs> that doesn't count. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, because like, games. when people think of Fallout now, they typically think of like three New Vegas and, and to a lesser extent four, but four is um, still, I think four is still a really good game. But it's it's more of like a for it's a first person shooter. It's more of a focus on skills, whereas the first game is very focused on your exact skills. But you have to know what you're doing going in. In the latter games, it's like oh, you just have these skills and they can get you in places and they're kind of fun and nice. Uh, like you get like lockpick because you're gonna be picking locks and trying to steal a bunch of people's shit to sell or hold on to. Uh, whereas in the original, like in Fallout One, it's like if you want to do lockpick that's your character is the lockpick like that's that's what you have yeah you or at can, best yeah. your at best lockpick is just like your hobby <laughs> like uh, you've got your two main skills that'll keep you alive and then lockpick is your your hobby that you do on the side it's and i didn't really like even though i looked up guides i read about i wasn't prepared to build my character correctly for this game like i started off okay i killed the rats i killed a few scorpions i'm like okay this ain't so bad i got ian and it, it went all right. Like, even getting the water ship, all that went okay. It mm-hmm. wasn't until later that everything spiraled out into madness. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just uh, the first games are kind of a nightmare in that regard of just like you are supposed to mess up 
that's the learning curve. The game doesn't tell you at any point. Like it start like you start the game. This game just, this or, game tells you nothing. Tells you nothing. No. Yeah. This game tells you exactly nothing. Whereas opposed like to like Super Metroid that tells you nothing but it works. Fallout one tells you nothing and throws a essentially well, a character sheet from a like a D and D homebrew game that you've never seen before Super in your face. Metroid, Super Metroid is much simpler than this game. Yeah. It has what a three button, four button control scheme. And like you, you just try all the buttons and you, you figure you out they do is something. It's going to be your character for the entire game, and that's what you're gonna have. It's like yeah, yeah. And then I just took one of the presets because I just like looked at the character so uh, character creation screen. And I was like, I'm going to spend three hours here and oh, still yeah. end up with something that's unusable. <laughs> so I think that might be like that's what I did. I'm like, gonna one take of the, one of the pre-made guys. When I went back to the game later, I think I was like 12 or 13, I tried to do that. I tried to like really think about what character I wanted to make. I didn't pick a preset. And I think I picked a character that had, um, oh God, I think I had small guns and lockpick and speech. And I just got killed immediately. I just <laughs> kept dying. I was like, I could not figure out why. And I was just like, oh, I just, I need to have like first aid because the way that I'm using this character, I'm just getting hit and dying all the time. Yeah. And the game is like random chance. The game. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's another like big facet of the Fallout series is you have this kind of like RNG of encounter, like random encounters and your encounters in like Fallout one can literally destroy your game. It can end your game of, oh, I just keep running into death claws and I'm only level two. And it's like, mm-hmm. that can just end your game immediately. And you're like, oh, well, do I try to, like, do this again and hope I don't run into them? Or do I, like, just have to start over because I'm just getting destroyed right I out mean, the gate? I overcame most problems during my playthrough by just reloading saves. Yeah, this and is a very... either trying again or trying something slightly different. Like, I... um. I picked the preset, the the they call him Albert, mm. the the guy who basically the guy who's really specced into speech and yeah. gets like extra skill points. Yeah, essentially, he's got a higher charisma and I yeah, think, he's I think he's a got higher intelligence as well. It's it's weird because like the way the speech and the intelligence and, and dialogue options work in this game you don't realize that you have an advantage like you do, but you don't feel like you do. Yeah. And it, it gives you a character sheet and it doesn't tell you how anything affects anything. I mean, it does, but even, even when you see it, like there's no signifiers in the game that make it clear to you. Oh, this is what this is. It's just like, it's too much information to throw at you once of, You've got this sheet with like your special traits on the side, which any if you're not a Fallout fan, your special traits are strength, perception, endurance, charisma, intelligence, agility, uh, luck. It's it's basically like you know any RPG has that same kind of mechanic of like oh yeah. you've got more dexterity and charisma, you're like a more roguish type character. You've got strength and endurance, you're a melee character, right? And yeah, it's when you. When you change your specials on the right side of the character create is all of your skills that you could have in the game. And you see them just like it's it's so many numbers and it's not a, it's it's yeah. you would think it's one out of 100. You think it's one to 100 percent. It's not 
it's zero to 200% is how they're set up. I don't know why they set it up that way, but it's zero to 200%. That makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. I think the, it comes in more in Fallout 2, but basically, like, you can... There's no reason that it's not just, like, up 200, because it's just, like, the way that, like, like, uh, um, like, Snake is, or, like, picking people's pockets. It's, like, weighed against their skill, but if their skill is like 134 and yours is 135, you've got like a slight advantage. It, just, it doesn't make any yeah. sense for it to be out of 200%. And so right away, it's like you have all these numbers and all these skills in front of you. And it's just like it throws you in a deep end. And then in the bottom left hand corner is like your two traits that you can pick. You don't have to pick two, but you can pick up to two traits that like are kind of more special. These are things that show up in the other fallout games as well uh particularly like new vegas and i think four where it's like you can do um like small frame and you're faster you've got more agility but you're weaker to melee hits so you take more damage so it's like they're very like like they're all like monkey paw abilities right it's just like it gives you all of this information right up front and you just don't know what to do with it starting out like unless you are coming into the game for the third or fourth time, that's when you can really like sit down and say, okay, I want to play this type. I want to try to do the, I want to try to do the small frame and I'll just do like a sniper character from far away. But you don't know that going in until you right. play the game a couple times. It's, it's, it's a rough beginning. Yeah, that's mainly right. Cause I had basically two weeks to play this game, like a week and a half to play this game. <laughs> and a lot of it was just spent reloading the same saves over and over because i just couldn't get anywhere like i because this game gives you absolutely no direction and you are just expected to figure shit out Mm -hmm. um and i sort of got used to that after a little while and then by the time i got used to that it was time to record the episode (laughs) yeah it's i i I fully (laughs) expected no one was gonna finish this game that's what like we kept talking about like throwing in uh, like shorter games. We would have more time with it. And I was like, it's not going to matter. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it was a struggle. I haven't struggled this much to beat a game in a long time. Like I it's, forced myself to beat this game. It's a hard game. And I think that's why. So I should, we, I should talk about the fans at this point. Um, but I think this is why like the Fallout 1 and 2 fans are so adamant about them being the best games is because they had to struggle to get through them and so the sense of accomplishment is really yeah like satisfaction of finally beating them is really that that i will i will definitely agree with like i felt a huge sense of accomplishment finally getting that water chip Mm -hmm. like even just like learning the mechanics of the game it's like right well even like this massive hurdle and you're like proud of yourself for like figuring all this stuff out because everything is so cryptic so being able to even put together, okay, it says that the water chip might be in this vault under Bakersfield. What's Bakersfield? It says yeah. it's southeast of my vault. Oh, that's the necropolis. It's underneath the necropolis. How do I get there? There's nothing here. There's no doorway. Oh, it mentions like a sewer. You have to like, there's a sewer grate. Okay, I'm going to go down there. And it's like, it takes you hours just to piece that shit together. Like, well, this... even in like the first, uh, so it's the, the story of the game basically is you start in a vault, 
uh, you're like the first thing you see is your overseer kicking you out of the vault saying, go get a watership because we're running out of water. Yep. Ours broke. So you got to go find one from either a pre-existing vault or you got to find one out in the world. Um, and so you go to this town, Shady Sands, which uh, if people haven't played the first Fallout games, but they have played New Vegas, they should know Shady Sands as a like mentioned town because a lot of characters in New Vegas are from Shady Sands. Um, if you like really pay attention to the games. But like you go there and they say... Uh, oh, there's this old like vaults uh, in the like northwest of, or northeast of town. You can go visit, and they might have a water chip. And you go there, and you can't get in. Like you get into it, and you can't get down to the next level. You right? You need there. a rope. And yeah, and so you find <laughs> out. Oh, you need a yep. rope. Where's a rope? Oh, it's back in Shady Sands. There's a guy who has a rope. I didn't know he had a rope. At no point did anybody say you might need a rope. I didn't either. Yeah, I and, I got one from the hub. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it, it doesn't tell the game doesn't tell you anything. And with some games, that's a benefit. I as as somebody who loves Fallout, this is like my this is probably like my top three game series, uh, the mm -hmm. Fallout games. All I'd say one through, you know, one, two, three, four in New Vegas. I love all of them. But this game is not <laughs> well made. Uh, or at least, like, if their intention was to make a game that was, like, specifically difficult in this way, then they, they accomplished it, but it's not particularly yeah. fun. It's challenging. It's definitely a hurdle to overcome. But I would never describe Fallout 1 as fun. It's always, like, the game's tricking you. It's, oh, I, I went to this can... vault, and, oh, I need a rope? God damn it, now I gotta go find a rope. Oh, there's a guy <laughs> in Shady Sands who had a rope? Nobody told me that. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can see the other side of it, though, because I can... Just hearing you say that, I can immediately like hear my head like the voice of the fan who's like, "Well, you do, you just don't get it. You obviously you're supposed to ask everybody and talk to everybody. Like you're obviously not playing it right." Yeah, like, it's. I mean, it comes down to like the people who think that. I mean, I, this is a valid opinion. People who find difficult games the most rewarding, and just they think that difficult games should be the only game. The like the problem is, yeah. you can like difficult games. And you can say that like a difficult game is your favorite. I would I like difficult games. I like having a challenge to overcome, which is why I like games like Fallout and Stalker and <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, and survival horrors. I would never tell somebody to play Fallout. And I would never like I would never presume that Fallout One is the only Wait, style of game that you told exists. us to play Fallout. Uh yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did do that. You forced us. <laughs> you just said no. <laughs> All right, so you're Look, a no liar. was always on the table. <laughs> what do you think Stefan is? He secretly dipped out. He didn't want to you play this game. <laughs> sadistic bastard. Yeah, but I, I specifically made you guys play this game so that I could point out why people should not play this game. <laughs> <laughs> is essentially what happened. See, I did, before we got into this game, I was like, okay, you know, I, I wasn't like excited for it, but I'm like, all right, maybe it won't be so bad. I played like, 10 minutes of fallout 2 in my life i love i really enjoyed fallout 3 and i was excited to play this at first a little nervous and then I, it didn't take long before i was just like i hate this game yeah i hate not, everything about this game it's not the okay. same and it, like i i it it's people's opinions about like fallout 1 and 2 being the like their favorites totally valid but fallout 3 is basically the same game as fallout 1 it's so ridiculously similar it's basically a remake it's basically like the force awakens of fallout games but yeah, it's just it's just a 3d game that's like easier on 
every like in every aspect. It's just easier to get into. It's more fun to play. The story is a lot. I mean, the story of one when I was I, when I was playing one after playing three maybe like ten years ago, and I'm going through one, and it's like there's so many get the water chip. When I I'd forgotten that the third one's about water too, but you have super mutants just like the third one. I mean, yeah. it, it has a lot of similarities. I mean, it mutants, follows like almost the exact same beats, aside from. Like the biggest difference is that you're not chasing your dad in Fallout One, but in Fallout One, it's you start in a vault. You like the vault is desperately in need of something. Stuff happens and you get kicked out. It's like you got to go out and you know fix the world. Uh, it's all about you know oh we need water we need water water's a pure source of water is what your like your main goal is which is basically Fallout Three. And yeah. like throughout the game, you are sidetracked. You keep running into like the Brotherhood of Steel and come to help them eradicate the super mutant menace. It's just it's a very similar style. Like it's a very similar story. All the beats are the same. So I always say like if you want to play Fallout One, just play Fallout Three, unless you really want to play like a challenging version of it. Which well, is just how confusing this game is too. Like. Like, example, like when you first get out and I finally got to Necropolis, like, I figured out part of about the water chip just from talking to people. I, I was using a guide, but I was kind of just going along. Like, okay, I'm like, I figured out it's a vault. When I first got to Necropolis, I ended up in a random event right before the city, fought a bunch of raiders and thought I was in the city. And I, I, messaged, you in, I messaged you in the group, and I'm like, well, where's the city? Where are the ghouls? I don't understand. And it, it turned out it was a random event I walked into, not the city. Yeah, it took, it's... Me, it took me a little bit. But, like, if it's near the city, it'll basically take place... Yep. in a cell of the city so yeah. you think you're there slightly unrelated but did this happen to you guys because i feel like an idiot i went to the boneyard at one point mm -hmm. and i couldn't figure out how to get out <laughs> <laughs> no it's not you when you guys were in necropolis did anybody talk to the super mutant and say take me to your leader because i did oh, yeah I that guy. yeah i saw i saw the uh get dipped in acid ending yep i was that like was what the hell but that was actually really cool. I did that, then I reloaded my save. And then, because I was invested in speech, I was able to just fool him into thinking I was an advanced robot. Nice. And then he was just like, <laughs> okay, you're good. I think speech Bye. is my favorite skill. And I just walked right by him. Uh, that was my favorite moment of the playthrough. That was the one moment where I felt like, oh, okay, I'm actually playing the role I chose at the beginning. Like, I'm actually solving the problem the way the game told me I would be solving my problems. And this is, this feels like the one time that happened. There's only a few. <laughs> there's not a lot. It's all, it, it's, there's a lot more like, there's a lot more stuff like that in Fallout 2. It great. Fallout 2 greatly improves on Fallout 1. Why did you make us play this one? Uh, because I wanted everyone to suffer. <laughs> well, <laughs> mission accomplished. While I, I want everyone it, to suffer while, a, I, while I played a much bad. better game. <laughs> It was a drag just getting myself to play this game. Like, I don't even yeah. like Western RPGs in the first place. You have to make me play this one? Come on. It's, yeah, it's it's a it's a rough, rough game. And it that's in addition to the fact that this game has a, a unique asset of it that uh, so far I've only ever seen work in Majora's Mask. And by that I mean this game has a time limit. Yes, have, yes. You have a constant time limit to beat the game in. If you don't beat the game in that time, it's a game over. Doesn't it go away after the watership? Or is there another time limit they don't tell you about? So um, it depends on what version you play. I think in version 1.1, 1, 1, they basically remove the time limit after the water chip, And you have like the equivalent of 13 years in game. 
which I get why they did that. Um, I f- I know a lot of people that when they go back and they play Fallout 1, they go back and play an older version of it so they can have that like permanent time limit on the game as an extra challenge. Uh, because I know sadomasochists. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the so the, the premise of the game is you need to find this water chip, but it's not just you need to find it. It's you need to find it because we're running out of water. We're going to be out of water in 150 days. So you yeah. have 150 days to get us water or it's game over and we all die. Uh, which is really rough because Majora's Mask as uh, a game that like where the system works really well is you have three days, you can slow down time, you can speed up time, you can play around with the time aspect, but it's only three days. And something about having only three days feels really workable. Something about having 150 days is like, it's almost like asking you to plan in a way like, like let's say you've had a really rough go at it and you have you're at 120 out of 150 you have to suddenly think can i can i somehow get this water chip within the next 30 days because the time goes as you're traveling through the oh map yeah too. yeah it so goes very like, quickly it goes oh, very also, fast like also when you're traveling which i didn't find this out till i got a game over screen when you're traveling across the world map you're also curing more radiation yes you are yep <laughs> which they do not tell you ever i didn't find out until i was like why am i just dying all of a sudden yeah it's like this cave does not tell you. Oh yeah, no, you have to look. There's like, there's like three separate screens that you look at. There's like a level up screen, and then there's also like a status screen, and then there's the pit pit boy, and then there's the map. Like all of those are separate, the, and then the separate. inventory. Those are all separate screens, and you have to, you have to know. All right, I have to go to the like the character screen. Mm. And then look at the sidebar that has all the status effects and see if one of them is lit up. Well, it's funny because while we were playing this, Mike messaged in the group, how do I rest? And I forgot. I forgot how you rested. In yeah, Fallout. I didn't and even I was know like, you could. How do you? <laughs> and it wasn't until I started the game. Um, I, I had to I had to like wait until I got home and open up my game and play around with it to figure out how you rest. And it's, you have to open up like the. Yeah. The, like like you open up you open up effect. the pit boy and you it's like click your on you click on the little uh bell. bell yeah yeah which is very tiny and you don't you you could very easily it not realize that it's a button registers like a clickable thing yeah yeah <laughs> it's so you were like how do you rest i was like i think you could just rest anywhere i don't remember how though <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is not a, this game yeah. does not tell you anything this game assumes this is one of these games that just assumes you know everything about this genre already and just doesn't waste time telling you any of it and it's Which, just like all right you've played yeah. western rpgs before go you've just played fair, this you've was, played uh... so many crpgs <laughs> we don't need to tell you anything like it, that's part of the reason i think that this game you know was such a quote-unquote cult classic because it wasn't really concerned with widening the field at all it wasn't concerned really concerned with appealing to anyone but people who already play those types of games and that's something that applies to a lot of western games these days i think um it has a different uh charm to it i'd say that like really that particularly calls people yeah no i i agree to, to give context to this fallout came out in 1997 late 1997 yeah and there's there were a lot of western rpgs coming out at that time to the like to the level that it like it was kind of riding a wave of rpgs 
Um, I mean, Interplay wanted to make another Wasteland game, and they saw their opportunity with all these other RPGs coming out to kind of like remake Wasteland uh, as Fallout. And so when this game came out, there kind of was a context of there were all these other Western RPGs that they assumed people would be playing. Right. Um, and they would just like have that mindset. It's kind of like, you know, when yeah, it a makes sense. Call of Duty clone comes out today, it doesn't yeah. need to tell you how to play the game because it assumes everyone's played some kind of right. first person shooter. But to, to someone like me, someone who does not play that genre and has been recommended this game in particular, <laughs> that's a problem. This is probably the worst entry level game of all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was yeah. not. It was not easy to start this one out. Yeah. Well, what? Uh, so, like, it came out and it was like it didn't do particularly hot. But I think what really appealed to people, what appealed to me always about Fallout, is like the style of it, which we should talk about. Style has a uh, style. Style has a very particular Fallout. Oh, um, I think that. <laughs> you said say that that's, wrong. I think you got a couple of those words mixed up. <laughs> it's still arguably true. Uh, yeah. Fallout style has does a very, have like particular does very much have a fallout yes yeah um sounds like a weird indie band style has a fallout (laughs) we're gonna see style has a fallout out of the uh the narrow this weekend um so many christmas lights (laughs) (laughs) oh god (laughs) they uh like so fallout has if anyone's played hasn't played fallout um which you shouldn't which, if anyone hasn't played any of the Fallout series, I should say. Okay, you should uh, play three for New Vegas. Yes. Yeah, you should absolutely play three for New Vegas. Um, at the very, at the very least, uh, at the very least, play three in New Vegas just so you can be a part of that ongoing fight as to which one's better. Um, but like the Fallout style is kind of best described as like retro futurism. It's got this great yep. like mix mash of. Uh, well, the world's based on this idea that in instead of the microchip, uh, or rather the microchip wasn't invented, um, it never came to be. And so computer technology still had to rely on like the idea of like cathode ray tubing and essentially technology and culture froze in the 50s, the late 50s. And so it has this really bizarre style that just really works for me in particular of like, you see all these like pastel uh, old like the Corvega Cadillacs rusted around mm-hmm. mixed with these like really strong metro- uh, Metropolis imagery. Necropolis in general has that giant. Um, if you like see like the loading screens for Necropolis, it has this giant like Metropolis style uh, bust on the side of a building. That's like this skyscraper is standing above this ruined city and it's like the this iron man standing above everything else, but with these like really bright pastel uh, cars being like rust around these old, like 1950s Cadillacs looking cars. Yeah. And everybody in the game is kind of like either a, like a punk or greaser um, mixed with like this really bizarre old school, like value type, like citizen in some towns. It's, it's this crazy like mix mash that just works really yeah. well. I think Fallout Four probably captures it the best. I would say because Fallout Four isn't my favorite Fallout game. I think Fallout Four is a good game though, um, and I think Fallout Four probably has my favorite style of like just in Fallout Four you see Boston and it's like these giant skyscrapers that are all like red and blue and green. It has these like yellows mixed into the world. Um, 
and it just looks so like pretty and beautiful and like very as opposed to Fallout 3 which is very gray and Fallout New Vegas which is very brown. <laughs> yeah, this this um I mean this game is also very gray and brown. Like yeah. overwhelmingly overwhelmingly gray and brown. Like the only places you really see color are in those little remnants. Yeah. I mean from, like the from game before. Gives you, yeah. What I really like about the opening of this. And I think all Fallouts have I think that's the strongest suit of every Fallout game is every Fallout game has fantastic openings that are like really like cinematic. Fallout 3 is probably like my favorite Fallout 3's like opening when you I, I consider Fallout 3's opening not like the vault stuff, but when you leave the vault and it's this giant flash of light as you're introduced to the world. See, you should have picked three. I should have. Uh, we'll, we'll do three later. <laughs> We'll do three. But on the theme that you're going on, I mean, like, for the longest time after I had played three and I hadn't, even when I started one, it wasn't until I was watching YouTube videos that I, I thought the nuclear apocalypse had happened in the 1950s, and that's why everything has that type of vibe. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that it just had a 1950s, like, future vibe, and yeah. it happened, like, 2075 or something, I think it was. Somewhere uh, around 2077. there. 2077. Yeah. Oh, uh, close. Well, that's when the, what's the, when the word, like, that's when the, the nukes went off. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, I think Fallout One takes place in twenty two. Oh man, it's Fallout. it's like twenty one sixty two or something yeah. like that. It's like a hundred and eighty years later. I want to say because they all yeah. they all take place in the same universe. It's different areas of the, of the world. Is it even the same yeah. time or is it different time? I can't. Even I think uh, I think it's different eras. Yeah, yeah. the order oh. it goes in is like Fallout One takes place first, and then two picks up as like you are a descendant of the Vault Dweller from Fallout One. You're like a like grandson or something. Um, that's like part of this tribe that's like come to worship the Vault Dweller. Uh, and then Fallout Three is on the East Coast, and it's like a whole new beast of the Brotherhood from the West Coast has like there's a there was a schism, and they went to the East Coast, and now you're picking up there. And then New Vegas takes place um, around the same time. I think it's like a two year difference between the two. But it's like after the schism of Brotherhood, it's like kind of like the fallout of ah. <laughs> but not intended at that time. It's kind of like the fallout of the Brotherhood schism and like this lack of this power vacuum in uh, the New Vegas area. And then Boston, which I just I always refer to Fallout 4 as Boston for some reason. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just the most Boston game ever. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like a million Ben Afflecks in a game, <laughs> essentially. So um, it's basically the same. Is it the same thing as Skyrim, where it's the same one guy doing the same ridiculous, like Swedish accent? Because I love that. It's like, <laughs> well, Fallout uses the same voice actors a lot, and I think for Fallout Four, they used the same voice actors and just told them to do a Boston accent or do like their best. Beautiful. And oh, so freaking beautiful. Some of them aren't great, and some of them are really good, and. The ones that aren't great are my favorites because they're just uh, so over the top. If um, there's if there's something I love, if there's something I am a particular connoisseur of, it is accent work in games. I think oh. my my favorite in Fallout Four is the character of Mama Murphy, who is like this kind of like clairvoyant character that will just wander around your settlements, and you uh, you never see her coming because the game is like very like has this like blue tone and everything's kind of misty and colorful and she wears this blue and red like outfit and so she kind of blends into the background 
And so every now and then you'll just be like building something at your base and you'll hear somebody walk up behind you and go, I got the sight, kid. <laughs> she's just a mom over he's just in your face. Okay. You get that jet for me? All right. That's a strange. I uh, shot a death claw between the eyes, kid. It's rough. Death claw. I did run into one death claw. And I, I, I was in, like, again, he was saying earlier in the boneyard, for some reason you enter that city one way, but if you try to leave like the way you think you should, it's like you end up in a weird mess and you're not, it's like it doesn't leave. You just end up in another zone. Oh, yeah. This game can turn into a maze. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's my, there are many complaints to be had with this game, but here's a big one. <laughs> You can't go straight to the world map from a town. You have to... You have to exit the town. You have to... Because if you go into a town from the world map, if you've been to all the sections of that town, you can pick which one you want to go, and you can just go there immediately, and it's really convenient. Because moving around in this game is really slow. It's really slow. And these these maps are like... The, the town areas are huge. And getting from one end to the other takes like 30 seconds. And one to have to, like, to have to go from one end to the other just takes forever. So, yeah. so you're able to get into wherever in the town you want to go from the map without having to walk there, which is great. But you can't get out the same way. Yeah, you can't just leave. There's you not, can't. There's not a fast how? travel in Fallout. What? What were they thinking? There's no fast travel. How there's did only, they overlook like, that? There's only walk to the out, like walk to the edge of town, and then it throws you to the world map, and it's like that cartoon effect of a line dotting across a map yeah. of you are heading to yep. this place. I just all they needed to do was make it so you could just bring up that map view of the town from inside the town, mm -hmm. and then be like, okay, I'm bringing up the map. <laughs> I'm gonna click to the go outside part, and I'm gonna go outside. It's worse too because in some towns you can be attacked. By like thugs and shit. <laughs> so oh like God. sometimes you'll be trying oh to get out of town God. and people will just start the, fighting you. In the fucking old town in the hub, I kept getting attacked by this one guy and having to reload my saves just because I walked in front of his doorway. Mm. Like I didn't go in, I didn't confront him. Like I, I I guess the game was programmed so that okay, if you go into this guy's house, <laughs> he will attack you immediately. But like He's... even if I just walked in too close to the door. He would just go after me and then I'd be dead. There's more of a city. Uh, like city in Fallout 2 where it's kind of like, like occasionally you'll be walking and you'll just see like an NPC, like the words pop over their head, like there he is, get him. And it's just like three guys or something on top of you. Yeah. Or like, or like I'll go to uh fricking junk town at night and the guard will be like, it's night. You can't come in. And I'll be <laughs> like, okay, bye. And then I'll just turn around, not confront him, not threaten him, nothing. Just turn around and leave, and then he'll just start shooting me for no reason. Because yeah. you didn't, you didn't put away your gun, probably. I would. I. I I'm pretty sure it's it happened multiple times when I was unarmed. Oh, I'm not sure that I don't know. This game is strange. Like that's all. Yeah. I like yeah, it's a very it's odd. Just, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> funny story about that is uh, in Fallout One, a lot of times people will be angry if like you have your gun out, which just kind of carried over to other Fallout games. In Fallout Three, in particular. If you have a, uh, I think Oblivion did this as well. If you have your weapon out while you're looking at somebody, it's like a uh, negative effect to your speech. Right. So if you're trying to talk to them, they like it'll actually affect how much information they'll tell you. But in Fallout One, in order to be unarmed, you can equip two weapons. If you want to be unarmed, you have to equip only one at weapon and then switch to your empty hand, and that yep. means you're unarmed. Yep. You can't just put your weapons away. Yep.
Um, which leads into a funny story about my friend who uh, was like really like really pushing for me to play Fallout. I played Fallout one, two, and then I played three, and he he was so mad because I was having such an easy time getting through Fallout three, and he was like, "What? Like how are you already there? Like how you how do you know where to go?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "How do you know where you're going?" I was like, "I just talk to people. And they tell me where I should go," and he was like, "Nobody wants to talk to me in the game." We like I couldn't figure out why, and finally I watched him play Fallout Three, and he had his gun out the entire time, and everyone was getting mad at him for like pointing a gun in their face. I was like, "You gotta put your gun away." He's like, "You can put your gun away." <laughs> he didn't realize that if you just hold down the reload button, it, it holsters your weapon. And so he was just walking around with like a, a plasma rifle in everyone's face. He's <laughs> like, everyone's just pissed at me all the time. I can't go into Rivet City anymore. It's like the biggest city in the game. Oh, but to go back to. uh <laughs> The opening aspect of Fallout 1, which I really enjoy, is the game opens with your overseer, who has the weirdest name ever. I think it's, it's Jake O'Ren. J-A-C-O-R-E-N. Jake O'Ren, Jack O'Ren. I'm not sure how exactly how okay. to say it. Uh, maybe, maybe he's related to Kylo? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> Jake O'Ren. Um, Kylo's of, uncle. Of the Knights of Jaco. And he's like uh, the, he's the overseer of the vault, and so the game starts with like this cuts like the cutscenes of people talking i don't think they haven't aged well but they mm-hmm. haven't they don't look awful i kind of i kind of like the vibe yeah. i kind of I like the aesthetic also i will say uh the voice acting in this game is excellent it's very good um, it's very very good uh there were also a few voices that i recognized like there are some there are some very well-known voice actors in this game I don't know if like, he's in Fallout 1 and 2, but uh, the actor who plays Garrus Vicarian is in all the Fallout games. It's the same voice actor. And so every now and then uh, if you're playing a Fallout game, you'll hear Garrus Vicarian in the background. I have no frame of reference for what you just said. Uh, Garrus is from Mass Effect. Okay, fair he's enough. It's okay. He's it's the another Western guy. RPG I haven't played. <laughs> but it's a good it's, game. Unlike it's a very good game. <laughs> okay, yes, yes, we get it, we get it, Mike. Unlike this I couldn't one. help it. We'll play Mass Effect at some point, and that'll be an easier oh, game for us okay. to play. All right, a lot more fun. Yeah, a lot more fun. Well, we'll play Fallout. Guys, we'll play Mass Effect too. You still have to convince me on this whole Western RPG thing. Um, I'm pick... over here playing playing Final Fantasy IX and having a grand old time. What's funny is that later in that docket, I have an Eastern European RPG on here. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. That'll oh be like boy, the, that's going to be like be the boundary. Um. <laughs> Are you making? You're not convincing me by making me play the weird bad ones. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, this show is going just like Fallout. You wander around in a wasteland, yeah. you have no idea what's happening, and there's a story that's sort of just kind of fed to you here and there. You, hey, we're doing we're, <laughs> the show is just like the game so far for this I episode. Like, I feel like Fallout Four captured that best. <laughs> that feeling of just like. <laughs> Because the second in Fallout Four, you're like you're looking for your son, but the second you get outside the vault, it's like you you could give a shit about your flesh and blood that's been kidnapped from you. And you're just like, oh fuck that! I need to find ten cans, <laughs> and like Fallout Four immediately turns into like the ultimate wandering exploration type game, which I I'd, I'd almost say that like with Fallout games, the first games are fairly RPG focused, but with Fallout, like the focus is almost more on like exploring the world and like finding these weird random things. That's always been like another thing about the Fallout series that I've really enjoyed of like, like a uh, big thing is in Fallout 4, you find like 
teddy bears everywhere that are kind of like propped up in like weird positions. Like you'll find teddy bears wearing glasses, reading newspapers just around the world that like, like it's kind of implied that the, like the bandits in the area just have this weird obsession with teddy bears. And so it's like, as you go through the world, you start finding these like little details, like the fallout games really shine in the little details of the world. That's what makes them so like special. Oh, didn't you guys get any of the special encounters since we're since you said the word special? I've been waiting to say we're in this. Um, it's special got, earlier. <laughs> uh, we're talking uh, about Fallout. It took us that long to say special. Yeah. Well, there was one. I got one that I was like, what the hell? Uh, I got the unusual call box. It's a Doctor Who reference one where it's just there. Oh, yeah. It doesn't do anything. Just the call box just shows up, spins, looks at you, and disappears. Yep. Uh, Anybody else get any of them? Uh, nah. not in this game. <laughs> um, I always get screwed with Death Claws mainly. Uh, that's like my, that's Your like whenever I play counter? Fallout, the game just goes like, "Hey, you've played this game before. How would you like to be fighting Death Claws constantly?" Hmm. Can you kill them in this game? Uh, this yeah, game? they're just very difficult to kill. Like that was my problem. One of the reasons why I hate, I dislike this game so much is I couldn't fight. I know it was my own fault. And my stats weren't good, but it just. It made me not enjoy the games. I couldn't fight any. Well, uh, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing is that, like, I chose a build where you're not focused on combat. I'm like, great. okay. And then I constantly get thrown into combat situations. Yeah, you're going to have to fight like this game doesn't give you a choice. Yeah. With the random encounter. I mean, I never had anything too bad in a random encounter. I had a few raiders a few times and. Usually people weren't that bad. I mean, super mutants were freaking like when I first went to the cathedral. I did the cathedral before the military base, and that's, I got so angry because dog meat kept alerting the night skins, and they just kept murdering me. Oh, actually, I did. I did have. I found the giant footprint. That's what I found. Okay. Which um, you find like it's just a huge uh, footprint that kind of looks like a deathclaw footprint, and if you search it, you find a stealth boy. I never found any stealth boys. I didn't even know they were in this game until I was watching uh, videos of how to finish the military base. I'm like, activate your stealth boy. I'm like, I, I don't yeah. have one of those. Uh, yeah, stealth boys are basically like <laughs> the go-to. I need to get through this without fighting. Oh, God. Like, I, like you you find a stealth boy in a Fallout game, you fucking hold on to that shit. Because it's, that shit's going to... I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. I definitely it... did not find one one of those, whatever they are. <laughs> I didn't either. Think stealth of uh, Metal Gear Solid Stealth Camel. Yeah. It's essentially yeah. Okay. that's what it is. It's yeah. so a one-time use thing. You use it, it disappears last couple... Like, See, uh, I, liked, I liked, like, talking my way out of fights. Again, <laughs> referencing the one time in this game where I actually was able to do that. I think you uh, can... Um, if you had finished the game and gone to the Master, I think you can convince the Master to kill himself. Uh, yep, that's what I did. Because I, my guy, he could not have shot the master for the life of him. I mean, he would have just missed and died instantly. I just told him that he was an idiot. And which is failed. another thing you can do in Fallout Three is yeah, there are multiple boss fights that you can you can talk your way out of in multiple ways. Quite I, one of the notable ones is that uh, spoilers for Fallout Three, you go to the Enclave and you can convince the you can convince this AI computer to self destruct and blow up the base by just like tricking him using like by stu- like getting him stuck in a recursive loop which is uh i, I love that in rpgs like um like i think uh knights of the old republic does that really well you can like talk your way out of fights and just give people to just give you a bunch of free shit just confuse them i really like that mechanic yeah i, mean, I speech- wish I, I wish i were able to do that more in this game i feel like i just didn't get to do it enough 
I, it's not enough. Uh, yeah, like Fallout 2 does that a little bit better. Fallout 3 does it way better. Um, but I wanted us all to play Fallout 1 because I wanted to. I, I wanted you guys to, to experience this game that some people say is the only Fallout game that should exist. <laughs> all right. Well, they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they are wrong. That's for sure. I mean, it didn't like the master. Like I had already knew who he was because of one of those watch mojo videos and, and they had talked about weird bosses or something. But he was a freaking creepy ass thing. Like, if I would have had to fight him, that would have been one creepy ass experience. Yeah, it's an odd fight and it's an odd boss. So for you, DJ, the master is like the. the... Yeah, I saw a video of him. He's okay. a weird, creepy, mutated yeah, yeah, computer guy. Yeah, he's he's essentially like a, a human that was. So the super mutants of the game are created by the FEV, the forced evolutionary virus. And he was like one of the first people to be tested with it. And rather than make him a giant green dummy that likes to bash things, it made him super intelligent and melted him more or less. So he's basically kept alive by big like, um, say big, like uh, yeah, computer. I was going to say like bank, like the Matrix three or something, but uh, it was a, a perfect analogy. <laughs> We'll just go with computer. I mean, it's like, because when he, when he talks to you, I, I almost want to do the voice, but I'm not going to. You know how the voice keeps changing? Like, there's multiple personalities yeah. shoved inside this weird creature of thing, whatever the yeah. hell it is. It's this, like, totally bizarre boss that has this totally, like, off-putting tone to the whole, like, his whole speech that makes you really uncomfortable, but gives you the sense that, like, he is really dangerous. So he's, well, he's, he's, he's he almost, like, the- talks to himself or something. It's just like, yeah, he's telling you his master plan, essentially. Yeah. Mm. He's giving you his master plan, and at the same time, he's, like, like experiencing computer glitches. So it's, like, his basically his entire speech is how he's in control of everything, and then his, like, speech pattern is breaking down to reveal that he's not in control of anything. I didn't realize, okay, that makes sense why, why it has him glitching, essentially supposed to be glitching. I, I thought it was just, like, multiple personalities or something was going on inside this creature. Yeah, he's just got this, like, sense. I mean, like, he's he is screwed up. He's got this, like, entire, like, his his body's basically melted away. His mind is warped as hell, and he's in this this failing computer system. So he's he's just got a whole host of problems. Because he's the one making all the mutants, right? Essentially? Yes. Okay. Which uh, a lot of people were upset about when Fallout 3 came out, because it takes place on the other coast, and there are super mutants, but there's no master. Yeah, so you had the... Like, yeah, that's a whole nother. But you had the vault. I mean, essentially, it's supposed to be the idea that the world is just so screwed up, and then you had that this technology they were they were experimenting this stuff before the world went to hell, essentially, and just kept going. Is what how, a, I, yeah. how I took it. This is an aspect of the lore that I really enjoy. If you really dig into it, you find out that in Fallout Three in the East Coast game, Supermutants exist. But if you go back and go back and play Fallout One, Two, or even in New Vegas, the Supermutants are more intelligent like they can communicate with you they have goals they have like they are following a leader they are in a uh organizational army um in fallout 3 they're just kind of like like these crazy lunatics that all they want to do is steal people they can barely speak and if you really look into it like the whole lore of it makes a lot of sense of the evolutionary virus was being experimented on on the east coast as well but because there was no master there was nobody to organize the super mutants and like tweak the virus into making them more intelligent. So they just stuck with this like they're almost like children, um, hmm. which just adds this like really, really dark aspects, like even darker aspects on top of the super mutants backstory in Fallout Three. It's just like you're these are essentially these giant children that don't know how to like 
they they can't make more of themselves unless they kidnap people and force them to like drink this super radioactive goo. Yeah, and that's like, like their only understanding of it. Because like the way that you kill the master essentially in the speech version is that you get that you get got to get a disc from the Brotherhood, which I wouldn't have known about. It wasn't for a guide, and then you can go there and you tell him that they're all sterile, and he goes insane and blows himself up. Yeah, he realizes that there's no future for the super mutants. Yeah, which, I mean that's. And then hey, then you get another speech part when you're running out when you run out the old, the vault door, which I did, that's why I figured out it even was a vault, and you get to buff you get to bluff the guard so you can leave. Yeah. And then I actually had thought I beat the game after I took out the cathedral because I hadn't done the military base yet. I went back to the vault <laughs> like yeah I did it, and he's like, what are you talking about? You still need to go stop the mutants over here, and I'm like, what? You're making yeah, me you do gotta that? go beat the master and stop the <laughs> other mutants. Yeah, I was not. I was not excited when I thought I had to go run over to the military base and do that. <laughs> yeah, part. you did that backwards. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Interesting. And I and I had already gotten rid. I had already killed dog meat at this time, so I lost my you know my powerhouse character. So here <laughs> I am. I didn't fight in the military base. I also I snuck through the whole place, did the science thing, blew it up, and then ran out of there. You had um, Tycho, right? I never got Tycho. I never got. I only had Ian. I never got the other two NPCs you can get. Okay. Because I, I mentioned it to you that you could get Tycho, and I was like, I kind of hope he does because Tycho is just a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Tycho I, I, like Tycho I just like is it. friendly fire the companion. He just I don't know what it is about his like programming, but he is just constantly hitting either you or just NPCs around whoever he's shooting at. He just misses all the time, and so like. If you have Tycho with you and you're in a fight in a town, it's like a 50% chance that everybody in the town is going to be fighting you in a second. <laughs> he just he sucks. <laughs> I thought about getting one of the other characters, but I just at that point, I was near the end of the game, and I'm just like, I just want to wrap this yeah. up. I just want to stop. How do you play this without a guide? Because I, I did that. I played this <laughs> without a guide, and I barely got halfway. Uh, to play Fallout without a guide, you have to play it and fail it multiple times. Yeah. So no wonder I didn't get all the way through this one. Basically, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's you have to play it, you have to screw up. You yeah, have to because realize I was, that I was like feeling kind of bad for like doing so many games with a guide, and I was like, ah, this time I'm gonna do it without a guide, and I picked the wrong game for that. Yes, you did. Next week you could do without a guide if you need to. But... Yeah, no. Next next week <laughs> we'll get to that at the end of this episode. Next week I'm definitely doing without a guide. Uh, <laughs> It's, I don't it's need a guide for that game. It's, yeah. it's straightforward. Yeah. You need a this guide. game is no. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing straightforward about Fallout. Like the whole game is. Just, oh God, no! Nothing at all straightforward about this game. Yeah, I think the way that like the way now that you're meant to play Fallout, if without a guide, if you want to play it like pure Fallout, you have to play the game. You have to fail it multiple times. You have to realize that what you're doing is not going to work, and you have to start the game over, and then. You'll probably screw that up, too. You might get a little bit better, but you know, you're going to have to start the game a third time. And it's like, by the time you've started the game for your actual, like, finishing, your your actual, like, finishing character, you're probably going to be picking a character that you aren't super fond of. Uh, that's very basic. Like, that's just just guns or just melee weapons or something. Yeah. Um. And then it's like you have to beat the game with that and then go back in with more knowledge later of, okay, now I understand the game. Now I can play around with it. It's not like like you couldn't pick up like you, it's that doesn't work with like Skyrim today. Like at no point would anybody pick up Skyrim and go, 
oh, my character isn't like strong enough, so I've got to start the well, game over. Skyrim, Skyrim, you can just you can in Skyrim you can start out being like, okay, I'm gonna be this sneaky archery guy who sneaks and arches all over the place, and then like three hours in, you're like, no, I'm just gonna hit stuff with a sword, <laughs> and you can do that. Yeah, like most, you can do that. You cannot most, yeah. do that in Fallout. Most RPGs now allow you to either switch classes or they recognize that the class system is like Silly. kind of unnecessary. Yeah. And like if because I mean, like so we said, Skyrim, Skyrim is a long game. If you want to do everything yeah. in Skyrim or as much as you can in Skyrim. Yeah, that's going to be like, you know, 60 plus hours easy. And so I think like with more RPGs now that are longer, they realize, OK, by the 60th hour, you might be tired of playing the same exact way. Yeah. We're going to give you the same. Like the, this see, where, where classes make sense is in games where you actually have a party, where yeah. you have multiple roles being filled. Like and Golden so, Sun. Yeah. Like Golden Sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Golden Sun did it really uh, well. Golden Sun did it so well. And it still let you change people's classes. Like, that was the whole central thing, was yeah. you have this whole team of people who are specialized and you can still mess with your with their classes if you want to. Like yeah. Whereas, that's that's awesome. And this this, this is game the has none far, of that. This is the far extreme to Yeah, that's the complete opposite of that. Yeah, this you really like, whatever you, you are, you are. There's no changing. Yeah. And, and even then, like that's another problem I ran into. Like as I was playing the game, I was trying to strengthen some of the other stats. I'm like, okay, I want this or I mean not my stats, but like my skills, and you really can't. And I and I yeah. figured that out. Like if my you, character was a mess. You, like it's like if you put too many points into other skills, then you've basically just ruined your character. Oh, do you, should we say anything about the Brotherhood before we? I know we said a little bit earlier about the East Coast Brotherhood before we kind of move on to the next section. Um, probably because I think a lot of people only know a little bit of the Brotherhood story, and the Brotherhood's such a big part of the rest of the games. Mm, um, yeah. So, a lot of people know the Brotherhood steal from Fallout. Three and Fallout Four, and Fallout Three, they're kind of like this benevolent group that's there to help people. Like they want to get people this clean water. You come, you come to find out, like in the game, if you start asking around, that they're not actually the Brotherhood; they're an outcast group. Or they, they've essentially they've kicked the like fundamental Brotherhood members out of their group, and they're claiming to be the Brotherhood, but they're not. So Fallout Four, when the Brotherhood shows up and is like this group of xenophobic assholes that want to kill everything that's different they were all like oh why is the brotherhood different it's not that's how the brotherhood always was i mean aren't they like able to like don't they fight in this game too for you or something yeah, like they the, the, essentially okay. become like your army um that didn't happen in mine i mean like i mean they they are on your side it's like the same kind of equivalent of fallout 3 of like they will be in one fight with you but um yeah their whole goal in the first fallouts is they could give a shit about the people that are suffering their whole thing is like um technology ruined the world and so we are just gonna stockpile uh categorize and systematically get rid of technology now they aren't like they aren't like eight like uh I'll say atheists uh amish that's the word i'm looking for they're not like amish or like midnight or anything mm -hmm. they're not like destroying technology they're just like we don't want anyone to have access to nukes because nukes destroyed the world. So we're going to collect all the nukes we can. We're going to bury them. Uh, we're going to put them somewhere no one can use them. And we'll do we're, we'll be the only group that does research on them. And it's not good. <laughs> it's not like a 
bad they're not like a bad group they're just kind of they have a very specific goal that does that will either mesh or not mesh with other things going on in the world so you have to you really have to like convince them to help you with the super mutants or to let you help them do they fight at the military base then is that that's what it looked like i saw screenshots of it like do they go Uh, there and help you okay yeah i think you can get that out but like you have to join them or be like essentially be allied with them Oh, right, which involves going on a suicide mission to a yeah. giant radioactive crater. Hey, I did that. I went in there, got the got the thing. That's why I was dying on the overworld because I had to go buy a bunch of radaways. And... <laughs> mm-hmm. But look, yeah, so like they don't even—they're not even really like super anti uh, super mutant in this game. You have to kind of like get them there. Were the super mutants kind of doing their own thing? I guess the Brotherhood didn't care in this game. It sound—it felt like. Yeah, they're they're very much like their their own only goal really is to to get all the bits of technology in the world and keep them away from everybody. They want everybody else to be back in the dark ages. Oh, and there was there is a nuke in this game that you can that you can blow up too. I didn't do yep. it, but there is in uh with in the in the cathedral where the master blows himself up. You can if you have enough science, set the nuke instead and leave and then yep. blow him up. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool when I was reading about that. It's but pretty fun ending. Any. Before we wrap up the game, kind of go in the next, I want to any because we kind of we talked a little bit, of, but I want to talk a little bit about Fallout seventy six, like that whole not not dig deep into uh, yeah. it, but just a little oh, bit of like the drama. That was of it. as someone who is who had up to that point never played any of these games and could could have cared less about any of it. That was really entertaining to watch. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed that. It was great. So, all all the drama. <laughs> we briefly mentioned it before, but the Fallout like fandom is. So split. Um, basically, there's like four groups of Fallout 1 and 2 are the best and everything else is shit. Uh, Fallout 3 is the best and New Vegas is shit. And Fallout New Vegas is the best. And because Fallout 1 was good and Fallout 3 is shit. And then there's the fourth group, which is I just like Fallout. But even the I just like Fallout group is like, yeah, Fallout 76 was a fucking disaster. And then yeah. I'm in the group that's like, eh. Yeah. You're not in the fan. You just <laughs> tell me this game didn't make you a fan for life. What? I can't believe that. No, I, I can't believe it. It's just a play because uh, allow me to repeat myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I was following 76. I knew right away that like 76 was going to be a Fallout game that I wasn't going to get on release. It was like, this isn't for me. This is for a different audience. And I was kind of excited about it. I was like, it's going to be different if it works out. It'll be like a like a better version of like Rust and all the I always want I always want like survival games to do well because I've played so many shitty survival games. I've played so many shitty Steam Greenlight games. You guys, I've played I've played so many betas. I've played I played DayZ, which was in beta for like eight mm. years, um, essentially. <laughs> I played I played that game for eight. I put almost I think I put oh near a thousand hours in that game before Damn. it hit alpha that's a lot or before it hit beta when it was still in alpha i should say because it was a mod that turns to standalone i've just played so many like really shitty games that i want to be good and i was like oh fallout 76 if this is good this will be like that really shitty game that finally got good and uh nope it was still just it was just a disaster it's a total misstep and i was like i like the idea of it i really wanted the idea of it to I like I like the idea of I really wanted the game to live up to it of like this multiplayer type like yeah. nuclear proliferation game. Like what I was yeah. hoping for was that 
everybody would have nukes, and yeah. it would be such a detriment to everybody that nobody would use them. Like I was hoping it would which actually is turn how it them. works in real life. Yeah, and yeah. that's I wanted it to be like real life. <laughs> I wanted Any, it to be. Uh, I can nuke uh, this yeah, person, I I don't I you can't you can't trust Bethesda to make reasonable facsimiles of real life. No. <laughs> Well, Without yeah. stuff like falling through the ground. Yeah, it was just it was a it was a mess all around. Any last thoughts on the game before we move on? I got a couple of listener questions and then a trivia question too for Stuart. Um, you know if uh, I already I, said my piece enough, I, I, <laughs> I'll let DJ go first because I know he's he's his last thoughts gonna be I hate I, I can see why people love this game. Mm. I will just say that I will see, I can see 100% why people love this game because it's designed in a way that's yes very confusing and frustrating to people who are not used to it but there is a sort of genuineness and a very like there is something to be said for figuring stuff out of out on your own and the sort of adrenaline rush and the sense of accomplishment that comes with that. And that's what this game is all about. It's like, we're giving you no information. You have to figure out everything on your own. It actually reminded me a lot. It reminded me much less of RPGs and much more of point and click adventure games. Like, yeah, that really <laughs> old school LucasArts stuff. Like, like uh, Day of the Longest Tentacle, Journey, which has like, Day of the Tentacle. Yeah, Day, Day of the Tentacle, which missed. <laughs> has like oh, a God. million different things going on that you just can't parse that like you have to be thinking in a very specific way in order to even get it and yeah. you will spend you basically turn off this game and spend the rest of the week going over it in your head and like what the fuck does this mean how am i supposed to do this and then you'll have that aha moment and you'll go mm. back and you'll figure it out like i think it's a time and place thing i think back in the mid late 90s when this game came out people were much more used to playing games that way yeah uh, i think games asked more of you yes and i think uh, especially because yeah. because yeah. people in our generation were younger and had more free time we we were much more willing to do that and we were at that much younger more impressionable age where that when when that experience happened it really stuck and then we started formulating these nostalgic memories of that and then that particular feeling like that's what that tr that's truly that's the true nature of this series like that's what it really is yeah. you so play, you don't play fallout to beat fallout you play fallout one to conquer the game <laughs> say i get yeah. you i understand so, you now so people so people who feel that way about fallout well, yeah of course fallout 3 isn't what you're looking for of course yeah. all this bethesda stuff isn't what you're looking for and yeah okay i guess i understand you for being like upset about that but for me who just isn't into these kinds of games to begin with and is coming to this one two decades after the fact um yeah <laughs> i mean like <laughs> if if they released a game like this today it would not sell um no oh, absolutely not, not. yeah which and, I was, I was and, kind of annoyed about so when people like, say like it makes me feel even sorrier for these people who like want it so badly because it's yeah. like you're not gonna get it, guys. You're never gonna like, get it. The first two fallouts you, are sorry. the only good ones, and like Bethesda ruined everything. It's like if somebody came out with a game yeah. like this that just that made you hate yourself playing it, 
like even more like because I mean I mean like I play like I play Resident Evil Two, and Resident Evil Two makes me like yeah I'm on edge the entire time, but I'm having fun like playing it. I'm having fun like navigating my way through the game. Something like this where I'd have to stop playing the game and like turn it off and start over from scratch to get it. I would I would not go back to it. Yeah, like once you start getting places in this game, it's it does feel very rewarding, but getting there is not fun. No, getting there is arduous. It is a chore. I think Uh, if they want to go back and do like a Fallout game in this style, they would have to add in something like some kind of like small tutorial. Oh, at the very least, like like, I spent an hour just trying to figure out how the battle system worked. Just like walk. They just need to walk. I just spent my first hour dying to rats. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, yeah, you don't know how the combat works. The combat is so of its time. Yeah, very much so out of sync. The only reason the only reason I was able to like get a handle on the combat is because I play actual tabletop RPGs or I like have some experience with them. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is just a tabletop thing where it's like you have, okay, these action points. It's like the number of actions you have per round. Like the only reason I was able to key into some of the stuff in this game is because I've played tabletop RPGs, which is a, a lot what this is is, is based on. Yeah. Um, That's a very, good point. very heavily based on that. So I was Fallout 1 is more like Settlers of Time than it is like Fallout 3. <laughs> Any final thoughts about Fallout you want to say before we... And I got a few things I'll say real fast. I still need convincing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll play better ones later. Yeah. I think Fallout <laughs> 1 is worth playing for like major Fallout fans who want to see where the series came from. Yeah. I'll, and if you're really into this like difficult gameplay, if you want like a game that's really going to challenge you. And yeah, I will say I understand what this game is, and I appreciate it for that. And I understand why people who love it love it. But like, it's, yeah, it's, like the experience, like a cat, it's not a casual game. No. Yeah, you have to invest in this game. And honestly, like I did not want to keep playing it. I kept playing it because I have to play for the show. But <laughs> yep. um, exactly it was like, it was like the actual experience of playing it Some was like, I am frustrated. I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do. I just don't want to keep doing this. Mm. It's like, yeah, I've I've actually. <laughs> We'll talk about this on a future episode. I've been playing other games from the list ahead of time. <laughs> just so you didn't have to play Fallout. <laughs> because it was like, I want to play this one so much more. Yeah, it's it's a hard game. And we're I, gonna In a yeah. couple months, we're going to talk about this. And that episode, this one game in particular that I've been playing, I'm not going to spoil it now, but we're gonna, when we get to that episode, <laughs> that's going to be a real fun one. <laughs> Well, this it's was, we'll get to it knowing that, that um that Mike hearts. and me can say that we've beaten Fallout and uh, we'll have yeah. that badge of honor. That's the only reason I yeah, finished it. I don't care. You guys can have that badge. <laughs> can have that, that. I mean, as much as much as I ridicule this game throughout the show and cut it down, I mean, I understand like what it was going for. And in '98, it probably would have been fun. But for me, with you know, there's no quality of life things that were improvements that we're used to. This game is over 20 years old at this point. It was missing things that. I need now that I expect with yeah. you know no time and that's why I didn't enjoy it. Like if you like Fallout, I say try it. You might like it, but it, it's just such a different thing than what Fallout is yeah. now. It's it's like it's not. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a well. I, don't know. 
I'm not saying yeah, it's a bad game. It. I like it. I was gonna say it wasn't a good game, but it's a good game. It's just such a specific game. It has this very specific like niche audience. Yeah. But like the thing that always, it, I would say it's still an important game because a lot of people like know the Fallout series. They know it's a big series, and they might be. I like. I know people that say like, "Oh, I'm a huge like Fallout fan." Like, "Oh, have you played one too?" And they're like, "Oh no, no, no." I would never say that you're not a Fallout fan if you haven't played them. But I think it's worth trying them just to see, like, if anything, just to just to hate them and see how much better the latter games are or just how much more, like, fun they are rather than being this challenging thing. They're just, they're, they're for you. Um, be, they're for the gamer. And before but, we do Shelf or Box, I, want, I got three listener questions for us now. Let's okay. go over blood. Uh, first one from, a, from another Michael. He said, I'm wondering how longtime fans of the series view the change from CRPG to FPS, which we kind of <laughs> touched on our Declaration of War earlier. Oh, yeah. I like it. <laughs> I uh, like the first yeah. shooter ones so much. More. I don't play either of those genres, so... Yeah, I'm not really a big first-person shooter. Like, I'm not a massive... I, I don't play first-person shooters specifically because they're first-person shooters. I will play a first-person shooter because I like something else about the game. Fallout 3 is not a first-person shooter. It just has the camera, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, I mean, I mean that it, game is you, an RPG. there's not even iron sights in the game. It's Yeah, it's a VAT system. It's an RPG. Yeah. Um, uh, next one I have from a Daniel. Fallout was a really unique series that made a hard shift towards cookie-cutter design with 2004 Brotherhood of Steel, which I've never played, and later 2008's Fallout 3. What games, if any, do you think carry the Fallout torch today? I mean, Fallout 3. I mean, I I know who asked this question. I know I've argued with him several <laughs> times about this. But I mean, I Fallout have 3... also argued with this person yeah. many times over other <laughs> subjects. Fallout, uh, Fallout 3 totally is the same game as Fallout 1. Oh, yeah, um, which I did not know until the yeah. until the show. Until we as did the same, the same story beats. It doesn't it's not the same gameplay. The, th- the only thing that changes is the gameplay, which I don't. I can't think of any games today that are going to carry that gameplay style. Well, um, I mean, they're they're. We're not talking about the elephant in the room here, which is the outer worlds. Would you know that <laughs> that whole thing happened, and yeah. that that's two of the original guys who worked on this. Are I guess um that. X like XCOM, they did XCOM not too long ago, and that didn't do well. Uh, but like it's. I think it did I, fairly well, right? It did, yeah, it did okay. It's just, it's not like, it's a difficult game. Like, any game that is so based around percentage, as opposed to, like, mm-hmm. I, I think what is kind of important about any game with a gun in it is if you click on something and you're aiming a gun at it, that thing should take damage. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, in, in you know, the early Fallouts, uh, Morrowind was like this, XCOM is like this, you might say, like, oh, I'm standing three feet away from this guy with a shotgun, and I've got a 99% chance to hit. Oh, I missed him. <laughs> yep. um, and it's just like, oh, well, that's the end of that battle. He's got me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I think if you, if you want to see, like, a, the, like a total success to a total, like, successful sequel to the Fallouts, Fallout 3 is great. Fallout, people say Fallout in Vegas um picks it up a little bit better i would disagree with that slightly i wasn't a massive fan of the changes in fallout new vegas i love fallout new vegas i think it's dlc or easily my favorite in the series i love its story and just the way it tells the story through the dlc is phenomenal um in case you don't know in case listeners don't know the there's four dlc packs in 
Fall of New Vegas, but they're all connected. They're all part of one giant story arc. That's like I, I didn't know carry, that. Yeah, it, it carries <laughs> like four. like the rest of the game kind of. It's like it's you play the main game and then you play the DLC and you realize like that the whole game is kind of riding off of the effects of the DLC story that have just like that have just like the the wide reaching influence of this other character that has this like rivalry with you that's you're just chasing throughout these DLCs is it's okay. a really phenomenal storytelling. I'll have to try to play it someday. It's always been on my list. That's uh and like each each DLC is just so like wildly different as well. Fallout three does the same thing with like Mothership Zeta where you go to space and then one yep. you're like in a computer program to the past. And I got <laughs> the last I'll go I'll do our last question now. I think you answer that one. Uh favorite thing about the new games and favorite thing about the older games. I'll go first. Favorite thing about the older games? They don't make them anymore. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the game, Someone's going to be real mad about that. <laughs> I know, especially because I posted this in a Fallout group, too. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why I was laughing, laughing my ass off. You're doing the whole Declaration of War thing in the beginning. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this could be very interesting. Uh, entire, I really like, I enjoy I only played Fallout 3 the new ones but I just enjoy the style I enjoy the fact that you are in a wasteland you're in the same type of like with this game captured you're lost you're confused but at least you're given direction you're given like oh hey go to this place go to Megaton go here and at least I felt like I was accomplishing something where in this game I felt like I was just wandering around the wasteland apparently getting more radiated with no real <laughs> with no re- had no idea what I was doing and just, just frustrated the yeah. whole time the scene is the definition of clunky uh, I like I like the voice acting. The voice yeah, acting was the voice, voice acting's great. real good. I would say uh, I like the voice yeah. acting, and I like here's that's actually one thing that I I feel the old games have to have over the new ones is the visual style. Yeah, uh, because the new ones just look like Bethesda games, which look pretty crappy, honestly. <laughs> uh, I would disagree with that, but I'll talk uh, about no, it. No, but so. Bethesda, I feel like the like the faces and. The faces in particular have so much less personality. Well, like, the, like I will, I'll give you that because models in Bethesda games are always the weakest aspect. Yeah, of they're just awful. What's like what's I think great about Bethesda games is the world, and I think that's the focus of them more than anything. Like the focus of Skyrim is Skyrim. It's not the characters. It's really it's. Oh like, yeah, it's, it's not the quest. It's not yeah. the main story. It's like. This you crazy, can, yeah, like, just run around, yell at people, hit stuff <laughs> with the sword. <laughs> run around the woods yelling at people is my yeah. new description of what Skyrim is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what <laughs> so it thank is. you for that. Um, and it's it's and it's fun yeah. to do that. Like, and that's I think the direction they shifted mm. Fallout in also is that hey, there's just this big open wasteland to go explore, so just go walk around in it. Yeah, the world in any. In Western RPGs in particular, and Bethesda games especially, the world is the star. It's not the characters. Yeah. It's not necessarily the story. Whereas, um, whereas in this, like you're literally a dot moving on a radar. Like yeah. the exploration is not the point. In fact, exploring is a drag. Yeah, it's, it's really more about like finding out what's going on. Like really, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's another it's game detective. like um, yeah, yeah, it's detective. Like I said, it's, it's more like a point and click adventure. Detective Fallout. I and say by my, the way, those are games that are not being made anymore either. So this style of game uh, design me, is sir. So, they still make Sherlock Holmes games all the time. Yeah, and they it's do. It's not the same. Man. It's not the same. <laughs> I own yeah. a few of them. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah I, I buy do you have them. the one with? Uh, do you have the one with teleporting Watson? I've never played them. <laughs> I just buy them for like ten dollars. 
Alright, and then are we in a segment we did last time, which Stuart wasn't. Oh, hold on, let me uh, say real quick because I didn't answer the question actually. So my favorite part of the older games. Actually, my favorite part of the like I think the older games and the newer games do really well is like the world building is fantastic. I love the whole metropolis influence on the world. Like in Fallout 3, you can find like this Chrysler uh, inspired car park where it's are there like I think it's the Corvega buildings where it's got these giant like metropolis busts on the side of the building these giant steel faces that are just looming over everything they're very cinematic and very like like they're very imposing i think i think fallout one does that really well too when you get to like like necropolis and everything's just shitty and on fire and like buildings have fallen over and crumbled in and you get these like loading screens which aren't the highest resolution but you just i think it's a great design i think the first games, yeah, the the uh, voice works really good. That sense of reward is really important to them. I think the latter games are just, I think they're just more streamlined. They're just more fun to me. Like Fallout mm. Four, I love Fallout Four because I will spend hours building my settlement to the detriment of like my game. Like I'll stop playing the game and I'll just build settlements because I just like doing that so much. It's like Sims and Fallout. I built sanctuary hills up and I I put in like a bunch of different stores and I put neon lights on all the stores and all the store names were puns on sanctuary hills. <laughs> there was a doctor's office called sanctuary pills. Nice. <laughs> the restaurant was sanctuary grills. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you actually love Fallout more, much more than both me and DJ do. That's for sure. I just love the world. It's great. And then one, one thing we did last time on, on last week's episode, um, my, my wife again has some trivia for you to work this time. Okay. Oh no! See All right, I'm Here worried we go. I'm gonna like not get it now. Like the pressure's on. Hi. Hello. Hi, Tiffany. <laughs> um. Okay, you ready? Uh, yes. Why were the vault uniforms blue and yellow? Ooh, I know this one. <laughs> uh, um, I actually don't know. I want to say it was blue for like. I, I know conceptually why they're blue and yellow. I don't know what the reason is in the game. Um, okay. What, what I'll, do you think I'll, it is? I'll field this one. Okay. I actually, I know the answer to this because I watched the GI interview with the two guys making uh, <laughs> The Outer Worlds. <laughs> and they asked this question, so I know what the answer is. It's because um, the, uh, oh, what's the artist's name? Hold on. Yeah, I, I feel bad for, for forgetting these guys' names. They're the two nicest guys in the world. Like, no, no, I was gonna get it now. Oh, like, I hear computer typing. Hold on, hold on. No, I'm not looking at the answer. I'm just looking up the guy's name so I don't like say the guy because I I want to say his name because he deserves to have his name said. I know. Um, um, I can talk about in. Kane. No, wait, no, Leonard Boyarsky. Tim so, no, so that Leonard, was a program Leonard Boyarsky. No, Leonard Tim Boyarsky was the Leonard Boyarsky. Leonard Boyarsky was the artist. Tim Kaine was the programmer. Tim okay, Kaine yeah. gave Tim gave Leonard a you know uh, a palette, and Leonard had used all but two colors, which yep, were blue and it. yellow. Yep, so, that's it. so Tim was like, "All right, you have to use blue and yellow." So he just made the <laughs> uniform blue and yellow. Good job! Yay! Now I look like a fool. (laughs) DJ, you hated the game, got it. I watched an interview, man. 
All right, should we move on to Shelfer uh, Shelfer Box? And we should yes, probably explain Shelfer Box. This has gone on long enough. Yeah. I should yeah. redeem myself by saying that a uh, jet in the game is made from cow farts. That's a niche fact I could throw in there to right. slightly redeem just, myself. For Shelfer no, Box. No, the game's, the game's over, Stu. <laughs> no, this is just me on my own time. Okay, Stu, the game's <laughs> over. It's fine. Um, it's okay. Shelfer it's, Box. It's, you go. Yeah, all right. Let's let's actually keep doing the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. the just end the show right here and don't say anything else. This is just the end of the show. You know what? I'm tempted. Hey, hey, now. Oh, hey. hard cut. All I've right. been saving my shelfer box for a week to make this comedy. Okay. Okay. Outro. All, all right. right. Oh, uh, the shelfer box thing is where we each play. We each talk about the game, whether or not we would put it on the shelf or we would throw it in the box and store it away. Um, DJ, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, box. Like, it's a curiosity for me, you know? Like, I understand why people love it. Uh, I also understand why people hate it. Me not having a whole lot of experience with this genre and basically being thrown into the deep end, I'm like, well, I understand why people like it, but I don't like it. Like, (laughs) playing it wasn't fun. And it's just, it's not my genre, man. It's just, that's what it comes down to, is it's not my genre, and I just don't get a whole lot out of it. I want to put that on like as the the quote on the box. <laughs> Fallout One, <laughs> playing it wasn't fun. <laughs> All right, I'll give Stefan's real quick because he I had texted him earlier to ask him what he wanted to say, and he said definitely shelf shelf Fallout is a classic game that started this from humble humble beginnings and in, in into the franchise it became. Okay, uh, Stuart, what do you what do you? I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer already, but uh, well, yeah, I'm gonna say shelf. Not so much that I love. This particular game, I like 2 a lot. I like Fallout a lot. And I think this game is important because it did start it all. And it has some really... It kind of started that really interesting. I, I like retrofuturism just in general as an art form. And this I game do has it done like really well. And it's challenging. So it's like when I finally... When this game finally clicked for me, that was a really big moment for me. When I finally understood what I was doing, I was all in to Fallout. So yeah, I'd say it's not my favorite Fallout. It's certainly not the best Fallout, but uh, yeah, it's important. It deserves to be recognized. I'm putting it on my shelf. All right, and for me, I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm putting in the recycle bin right now as we speak to put the shortcut <laughs> right in there. Never want to see this game again. If I own it, it'd go in the box. But since all I have is a digital copy, done. Gone in the recycle bin. Never want to see this again. I'll buy you a physical copy of this game so, <laughs> so you can snap the disc. <laughs> uh, all right, and then we should start wrapping up. I'll do... Uh, yeah. Uh, just do a quick promotion. If you guys get a chance, please listen to Trash Talk Podcast. He's now on Podbean. Should be on other stuff eventually. You can find us. We have, a, we have a Facebook page now, which a lot of people have been liking. So please come on over there. We are on Twitter, which still got, hey, I got a few people that have became whatever we're called, friends or Twitter. I don't know anything about Twitter. Followers. 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 Yeah, so much you I know, use like, Twitter. You know, like stalkers do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us in the I Watch the Entire Overblood Super Replay. I've been asking questions a lot in there to get people for listening questions. So if you're listening to the show and you're not an overbloody, feel free to join us, join our group, and then I will be doing more and more posts on there until someone gets mad at me about for questions, which we hasn't happened yet. Pretty good audience feedback in there, actually. So we're starting to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does anybody want to say where they can find them or just go with what I just overblood? Uh, yeah. For just for now, it's an overblood. Yeah. Um, I still okay. have it. I, I need to go back and and fix up my Twitter still. Okay. Uh, yeah. My my social media is a. Uh, just a mess i right. don't i don't i don't do that I'll i don't play that my my secondary goal for the week is fixing my twitter 
<laughs> okay. Changing my picture to a picture of me instead of, I think it's a picture of Zoidberg right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, DJ, if you want to give a shout out to their wonderful guy. Who uh, yes. Our uh, wonderful theme song was provided by Mike Stoney, a.k.a. Bulby. It's the Cool Kid Squad off of his EP, Bite the Bullet. You can find Mike on his SoundCloud. You can also find him on his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bulby, B-U-L-B-Y. He's got tons of stuff on there, including original works and uh, 8 and 16-bit covers of video game tunes. He's a super cool guy. Big thanks to him for letting us use his stuff, and go check him out. I've been listening to him in the background as I, I've had like a lot of <laughs> a lot of digital work to do this week, and so I've I've it's like, oh man, what can I listen to? And it came to mind, oh, I should listen to should listen to Bulby. This is my 8-bit Dragon Ball. All right, just want to thank everyone for taking the time out. Wait, to wait, wait to hold show. on, oh. hold on, Mike. Right. I, I can't believe I have to keep reminding you. <laughs> What are we playing next week? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I should do that. All out to. We are playing Metal Gear Solid for the yeah. Game Boy Color. Hey, curveball. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a game that I played three. I got, I must play maybe five, six years ago, and I played again a few years ago. I mean, I absolutely really like this game. That's why I picked it for the show, since I know, like, not a lot of people have experienced it. I like so how I, we're getting off of a challenging game and going into a Metal Gear. <laughs> It's it's still challenging, but it's it's very different. But it's a good game. It's not yeah. uh, confusing like some games. No, it's mm. gonna take us three hours to talk about. It. We're, we're gonna have to like limit our Metal Gear talk to. Oh yeah, I'll be much more of a host for this one. I was kind of I was off my own little wasteland mm -hmm. at one yeah. at different points. I was like Stewart. I was I was totally man. I was totally lost this episode. Yeah, I was yeah, too. We don't have yeah. Stefan here, so I basically had to ramble. That's why to myself. In the show notes, I even said wherever Stewart takes us. I wasn't kidding. I knew that's what was going to happen. Yeah. In this I realized, this like Stewart episode. I realized I had control, and so I just turned it into a platform for me to yell at people who are elitist about Fallout. Hey, it's all right. <laughs> just Not play like games and enjoy them. In a Fallout group or anything after I get the show live. Um, um, but want to thank everybody for listening, and everybody have a great day or good night or whatever you listen to us. All right, bye everybody. Bye. Whatever day. Have it is. a wonderful week, you <laughs> lovely people. <laughs> practice self-care take a bath war, war never practice, changed practice self-care don't play fallout <laughs> <laughs> all right all right goodbye everybody i love you all bye, bye. bye.